Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. Time now for In the Spotlight, talking uh, digital assets today. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, well, I guess we're emerging from this crypto winter. I hope we are. And cryptocurrencies and M- NFTs are no longer emerging. They are, in fact, here to stay. They're very common now. Mm. But, you know, th- that episode of, uh, you know, that the collapse in asset valuations kind of shared many of the characteristics of the global financial crisis, you know, the high yielding, purportedly low risk strategies, mm-hmm. excessive leverage, systemic risk because of institutions' uh, mutual exposure. And the good thing is, uh, you know, it was on a smaller scale and the digital asset industry is self-contained. Yeah. So it has less impact uh, in the broader uh, economy. So now moving forward, what can the role of regulation and compliance and and possibly rebuilding trust of both investors and regulators? Well, let's find out. Justin Lim, Director of Business Development at Liminal, is joining us. Hi, thanks for having me here. So, Justin, where are we now in terms of digital asset? How has have they evolved since, uh, you know, since they started become emerging and now they're quite normal, right? Well, that's a good question because I think especially for 2023 moving forward, we have seen a wider adoption of digital assets as an alternative asset class. So we have seen more interest from high net worth individuals, family offices, and even traditional financial institutions all muffling in. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to include digital assets into their portfolios. And then, of course, to support this, I think we will see more investment in blockchain technology, especially in terms of infrastructure and security. Yeah. And of course, with what has happened in recent events, I think the onus and lies on the industry players to rally together, build a safety net around user funds and increase uh, protection. So we also should see an increase in institutions, let's say, having um, self-custody or ability to take custody of their own assets or to use licensed providers and services for storing such digital assets. Interesting. I mean, you cannot deny the kind of innovation that's going to come forward with as a result of this. Now, you talk about rallying together. You talked about protection and custody. The role of regulation and compliance. I mean, we don't exactly have a technology law. We have aspects mm. of tech law. I mean, how important is this moving forward? Well, I think it is, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is like a, almost like a chicken and egg. I think that's very much used. But to be honest, regulations and compliance, they do play an important role in building the trust, right? So with this increased trust, we have a better regulatory uh, framework and environment. I mean, this is a foundation to, you know, putting in the right place, uh, you know, putting in place the right protocols and practices, then we would see a minimizing of occurrences like what we've seen over the past uh, few months of collapses and things like that, and with a minimized impact on the market. So with a stronger framework that protects both the investors and the consumers, it would then encourage more investment, more startups you know, to come again into the picture, yeah, basically more vibrancy in the market. So therefore, this is an uh, essential piece of the puzzle. Yeah, So we should see this... Uh, unfold in the future if Singapore wants to, you know, become a, a player in this market seriously. So, what would be an efficient or an effective approach in regulating this asset class um, for Singapore well, <laughs> in, in, in specifically? Well, I guess it's about taking an informed approach. I think, you know, 
outside of crypto, outside of digital assets, I think one thing I'm prideful, I'm proud as a Singaporean that we've always taken a very engaging, I would say, even like say the coming budget, for example, there's always engagement with the uh, industry players, there's engagement across what Singaporeans want to see. uh, And then this one falls to the new uh, budget, the new uh, bill of supply, so on and so forth. So there's always been engagement by the government at all levels. So I think taking an informed approach, we should just um, understand that, you know, uh, perhaps more dialogue, more understanding from the uh, major uh, industry players in the market. And also, I think MES is going to, um, is promoting Singapore as a fintech hub mm-hmm. for digital assets, right? So we have seen, uh, you know, DLT, which is distributed ledger technology. We have seen innovation in, let's say, Project Ubin, Project Guardian. All these are taking off. So many positive steps are being taken. So with that clarity, I think, yeah, we should see more development, in innovation in this front. But on the other hand, the balanced approach also means that, and rightly so, MES wants to protect uh, consumers against, let's say, the pitfalls of mm-hmm. crypto speculation. Mm-hmm. So they also have a stringent uh, you know, evaluation process for those who want to perform or deliver these kind of uh, crypto services. Mm-hmm. So I think we are taking steps, being very careful, but yet also opening up the sector to more players coming in. Yeah. So you want to have laws that are lenient enough to encourage innovation in this aspect. You want to encourage more people taking up the asset class. But we can't really stand alone here. I mean, when you talk about digital assets, it also has to be a worldwide governance that's been talked about. Are we in a case of okay, we're having conversations, but I kind of want to wait and see what other countries are doing before I, you know, I wait for you, you wait for me type of thing. I mean, what are your yeah. thoughts on that global aspect needs to happen? Correct. Absolutely. I mean, because cryptocurrencies by virtue distribution, right, distributed technology, it is not just confined within Singapore. So we've seen it being applied, of course, like cross-border payments, you've seen it applied on a global scale. And even some of these institutions that offer services in Singapore, of course, they are operating on a global level as well. So, I mean, we have to be careful to, we are one of the top few, I think it was announced recently uh, in a survey that we are one of the top few, uh, you know, uh, hubs for crypto. So that is good. We are being seen as that. It is attracting a lot of talent as well as a lot of companies to Singapore. But everyone also knows that uh, we can't just rashly dive in. So we are looking at what, other uh, hubs are doing you know we've seen it of course in dubai and middle east and then of course in europe so we just want to i think singapore has always taken a very prudent approach just to develop and uncover as we grow so i think that's actually a good approach you talked a little bit about budget and hoping that you know there will be some measures to encourage you know people to take up or to look into this asset class. Is it also the time to have and I know it kind of overlaps everything that we've been talking about right a time mm-hmm. to have dedicated laws for I don't know uh, uh, alternate asset class entry points or something like that if I'm speculating. Mm. That's a good question. So, yeah, so I think with the rise of technology, it's always been the potential to revolutionize. So you could change in a, you know, in a very quick way, you could change the way things are done. So with that in mind, I think dedicated laws for digital assets that will really help because I think it's not building trust in the sector. So when yeah. people see that there is a dedicated uh, framework just for digital assets, you know, you're like creating the boundaries, the sandbox environment for businesses to come in, interact. You will then, of course, grow the sector because you have more 
startups starting is more uh, friendly to the, to that, and we also in, attract, of course, investors. So when investors come in, you know that that will mean more participation, more increased investment opportunities, a more fluid market, increased access to you know fundraising and capital for these uh, companies. You know, by and large, with a dedicated, I think, law then people also say that ah, Singapore is now on the, you know, on the world's map for this. And I think we'll attract even more global players to come and take part. Is there going to be a risk of over-regulating? <laughs> it, like I said, it's always a balanced <laughs> approach. Yeah, you, if you keep the door too open, then you may uh, allow some of the not-so-compliant actors to participate and create havoc in the industry as a whole. But of course, if your door is too small, then our speed of growth is too slow and we get overtaken. So it's always a good uh, mm-hmm. balance approach, I think. That would mm-hmm. be best. Uh, Justin, just a final question, and this is looking at the budget next week as well. I mean, is budget the right platform or how can budget be the right platform to encourage, you know, the potential of Web3 to encourage the potential of a professional digital wallet infrastructure of sorts for various companies? Um, of course, budgets always, you know, money talks, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So budget will set the direction because it's always through the budget that people will know, okay, uh, how much of the government's budget is set aside. In, in our case, I would presume, you know, for business, for innovation, for development. And then this gets debated in supply. And then you know that, okay, then this gets set aside for the sector to grow. So with, you know, with this sort of a direction setting, so through the budget, people can then guess, ah, okay, whatever plans they may have, you know, let's say to grow into certain markets or to take part, to take certain grants, you know, especially also for mm. startups uh, to, to consider, shall we, you know, then uh, go into the next phase of our growth. Mm. So budget always, I firmly believe budget sets the direction. So with uh, next, next week's budget announcement, we can then see and take clues <laughs> as to see how the government approach to this, uh, you know, especially for the digital assets and crypto landscape, how it will unfold over the next year. All right. Looking mm-hmm. forward to the budget, of course, that will be next Tuesday. Justin, thank you very much for joining us here. Justin Lim is Director of Business Development at Liminal. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.